Hello, and welcome to Remarks and Reflections, a podcast offering insights into topics that are important to the Hillbrook community and the broader worlds of education and parenting. I'm your host, Head of School Mark Silver, and I invite you to join us for what we hope are lively conversations about a whole range of ideas and issues that connect with our vision to inspire children to achieve their dreams and reach beyond themselves to make a difference in the world. I am podcasting today from my home at the end of week two of our distance learning program. It has been a challenging few weeks for all of us, and I wanted to start by expressing my appreciation for the community, employees, students, families, and how well we have all come together to support each other at this difficult moment. The flexibility, grace, good humor that people have shown has been inspiring. As we have shared kind of throughout this time, our primary focus right now is twofold, to keep students and families connected, and to continue as effectively as possible through remote learning, the same learning that would have happened if school were in session. There have certainly been a number of bumps in the road, and we are trying to iterate quickly to make improvements to the structures and systems in place. Hopefully, as families saw, for example, today in the Hillbrook Happenings, we have invited you to respond to a survey, and we encourage you, please take advantage of that opportunity to let us know what's going well and to let us know what's not going well and how we can try to fix it. We are moving as quickly as possible and, and really trying to make an effort to serve the entire community. So last Sunday in the Hillbrook Happenings, I invited people to submit questions for this podcast. And my hope was that I might be able to respond to some specific questions and concerns from people within the community during this challenging and unprecedented moment in history for our community, our country, and the world. So I chose two of those questions to answer this week, um, and then I will uh, hopefully have an opportunity to answer additional questions in the weeks ahead. So the first question was from a lower school family. What advice can you provide for a family who has to balance working full-time while also supporting distance learning for two young children who need more hands-on attention. So first, let me say, this has been one of the hardest challenges that we have tried to help families solve during these first few weeks. We have heard from a number of JKK and first and second grade families in particular about the difficulty of trying to balance children who are young and who, as much as we want them to be independent, are struggling to be independent, and then families and parents who have jobs and are trying to continue those jobs during the day. And so a couple of thoughts. This past week, we had three family gatherings, a JKK family gathering on Tuesday, a first through fourth grade family gathering on Wednesday, and then a middle school family gathering on Thursday. And it was really clear across those three different evenings how differently people are feeling this and how much harder in some ways this is for families with young children. So as a school, we are really trying to create an experience for the children that is engaging and combines an opportunity for connection and then also an opportunity to have them move at their own pace. And we recognize that one of the challenges with that and one of the things that we need to get better at is is twofold. One, We are trying this week and in the weeks ahead to make the activities as independent for children as possible. We know that some of the activities that we have been sharing, and we will still continue to share some of these, are activities that actually encourage children to do something with a parent. And we recognize right now 
that parents and children are spending lots of time together. And so that what the real need right now is actually for some activities that children can do on their own. The second thing we're doing is, is trying to add more one-on-one -on -one and small group meetings for short periods of time with lower school students. And again, in that case, the idea is, is to really try to provide an opportunity for the teachers to have a better sense of how children are doing and for the teachers to be able to support families. So I have really kind of three suggestions for families, um, particularly in terms of trying to help manage this problem or challenge. One, please reach out to the teachers and then also to Colleen and other members of the team for support. We are here and, and, and we, can, we really want to work with individual children and individual families to help you through the specific challenges. As I've noted, we're making some broader changes, but we also know that this will continue to be a challenge for, for certain children and certain families. And so please keep us in the loop and, and work with us and, and we're gonna try as, as best as we can to support you. Second of all, I encourage you to make decisions that are the best for your child and your family. And if those decisions mean we're not gonna finish all of the work, those are, th those are decisions that we encourage you to consider and then to make if it's the right decision. Or if those decisions mean we're gonna pace the work at a different schedule than the teachers are sharing it. We, incur you know, we are trying to make this as flexible as possible and we want to work with you. And so I, I, we really wanna you know, empower parents and remind parents that we're in partnership with you on this and we encourage you to, to let go of some of the expectations if necessary and to really focus on, you know, I think the, the biggest things that, that we would encourage families to focus on are, are trying to help children be as independent as possible and then secondarily, you know, getting specific work tasks done. But really, like, you know, trying to find ways to have them be independent is a really important goal. And then finally, I would just remind parents that this is a, a, such an unusual moment and while there's a lot of challenges in this moment, one of the positive is, is there's an opportunity here to slow down. And so again, we encourage, and I would um, you know, encourage you as a family to, to think about how to slow down and, and, and to not be afraid to slow down in this moment, um, particularly knowing how complicated it is trying to balance these different things. So the second question that I'd like to answer is from a middle school parent. The question was, my middle school child has become increasingly disheartened over not being able to see her friends both in school and through her outside activities. She also feels frustrated about the decision to cancel the seventh grade trip to Catalina. She understands it, and yet she feels a deep sense of disappointment. How can I best support her while she struggles with these emotional challenges? So again, this question, is, is one that I've heard um, both from some individual families, but also then um, you know, more broadly. And it's a very real question. And again, in this case, probably particularly true for some of our older students. So as many of you know, I, my daughter is a senior in high school. And recently there has been a letter that has been circulating that was written by a teacher named Chris Dyer. And Chris Dyer is a high school teacher in Louisiana who as a student was a senior during Hurricane Katrina. And so Chris wrote about how, as a senior in high school, you know, like almost overnight, he was yanked from his school. He was supposed to be the captain of the soccer team. He had all of these, you know, dreams for his senior year, and it was all canceled. He was yanked from school, went to live in a shelter, and finished high school in a different state. And so Chris, who is now teaches seniors in high school, 
writes to these students and says to them, quote, let's be abundantly clear. You were robbed and it's unfair. If you're upset, then you should embrace those feelings. Commiserate with one another. Some folks will downplay the situation because they won't know what it feels like to have their senior year stripped at the last moment. I, for one, will not downplay it as it happened to me. He then goes on to offer them advice for ways that they can respond to this. What struck me about this letter, and I think has struck a lot of people about this letter that is so powerful and I think is, the, is one of the key reminders as we're talking to our children, is to validate for them their emotions, but also validate for them the reality that this is a hard situation and it, they are being robbed of some experiences. So, you know, I think particularly in terms of our eighth graders and we are going to do everything we can once we're back in school and we are hoping to be back in session before the end of the school year. Once we're back in school, we are going to try to do what we can to, to create some of those eighth grade experiences that happen every year. But we all know that certain things just aren't going to happen. For example, the Washington, D.C. trip. For example, the seventh grade Catalina trip. Some of those things we know won't happen. And that's it's really important as an adult to not just um, try to explain that away, but to like validate that emotion. And on a related note, um, a parent a couple of days ago who was also a therapist uh, shared with me a resource for resilience, and I'll actually share it as an attachment to this podcast. And she has been working with her child who's on a soccer team. And so trying to help those soccer players stay motivated and engaged during this difficult time. And so, the, you know, the other side of this, there's the, you know, the validating kids' emotions. There's also the, the trying to build this resilience as they are struggling to find motivation, as they're struggling to find connection. And so there were three things in particular in terms of the tool that she provided. And it's a, it's a more detailed tool, but the things that jumped out at me, the three main things were one, about change acceptance. And it's trying to help children recognize, and adults, that this is the new normal and that we have to accept that. And again, to connect it to what I just said, you have to validate that. It's not that you don't validate and that we don't validate the emotions and we don't validate our feelings, but then we also have to help people move on and help children move on and say, okay, this is not something you can control, and so let's figure out things that you can and can't control. That takes to the second thing. So the first one is change acceptance. The second thing is about control, and it's trying to help your child find things that they can control. So for example, the schedule in the distance learning program is much more flexible than a typical school day. I would have them think about how they can design a schedule that takes advantage of that flexibility to build variety in their schedule day to day. Um, a number of families have you know, shared for examples with me about how they're having their children participate in family life, choosing menus, cooking, doing chores, it's another way to provide a sense of structure and control. So it's like giving them choices for how they want to engage. And then finally, connection. We really need to try to help children stay connected. And particularly when they're feeling frustrated or, or feeling really down about the specifics, encouraging them to use the technology tools we have to reach out to friends and share their thoughts and feelings with each other. Again, particularly at the middle school level, their peers are experiencing the same thing and they can comfort each other in a way that's much harder for an adult to do. And so I would really encourage you 
as a family to think about how you can help your child facilitate that. If they're not finding ways to connect with other peers, trying to find ways to set that up. We as a school will also be looking for ways to do that. But again, particularly in, in this context, I think it's, it's the value is going to come from a child selecting somebody who they really trust, who they want to talk to. And, and by the way, this also might be a, a trusted adult at school. And so part of this might be finding ways to encourage a child to send an email or reach out to one of the teachers or a coach and have them set up an opportunity to connect. So hopefully those are those are helpful answers to those two questions. As I said, I, I um, welcome additional questions in the weeks ahead. I, I wanted to finish by sharing one of the pieces of the family gathering. So we asked people at the family gathering, the first thing we asked them was a, was a positive experience from the distance learning time so far. The second was an unexpected benefit, and the third were the challenges that they had faced. And I was particularly struck by the unexpected benefits and the types of things that people pointed out. So people talked about how they were, in some cases, having more exercise and more time outside. Somebody noted that there was a lack of a commute. Another person mentioned that they had become a better cook. Some of the people, particularly at the middle school level, talked about how kids were exhibiting less stress because there's not as much on the calendar. Somebody talked about how um, students were engaging in interesting connections outside of classwork and using tech and, and really technology in really creative ways. Somebody talked about more family time. Other parents mentioned that they were able to see what the educational level that their child is at and really gain a better understanding of learning styles. And again, particularly in the middle school meeting, there was the observation that parents were getting an insight into the educational experience that's really hard to do, and the social experience that's really hard to do with middle schoolers, in a, and in a way that was really fun and kind of special. Parents also mentioned that they saw their children growing more capable, and they also mentioned they saw increased independence. And so um, those were some of those, you know, unexpected benefits. And again, I, you know, there's always a danger in, in silver lining things. Um, and at, this, at the same time, I think in this moment, knowing that we have six, seven weeks still to go of this extended shelter in place, it's really important for all of us to try to both validate and recognize the real challenges that we're facing, but also look for those unexpected benefits. Um, so I, I had two for myself. One is I have learned how to edit podcasts. So this is the first podcast that I have created that I've had to edit myself. Bill Selleck, who's a rock star, is the person who typically edits these, but because Bill and I are not together, I've had to learn how to do it. And so that's been an unexpected benefit for me. And also a big shout out to Bill, who sent me a, um, a, a video to help me understand how to do it on GarageBand. And then secondly, the other unexpected benefit for me, I have had more family dinners with my children in the last two weeks than in the past few years. And again, as most people probably know, I have a senior in high school who's always doing something, a ninth grader at boarding school, and then Piper, who's a fifth grader. And then my wife, Carla, travels. And so family dinners over the last two or three years have been you know, very scarce and typically involve maybe two or three of us, you know, sometimes when we were lucky, four, almost never five. Since March 16th, We've had family dinner every night, and it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an amazing opportunity for us, and particularly with a senior in high school, one that I know we won't have again in future years. So while there have been a lot of hard things during this time, for me, that's becoming an increasingly special moment every day and something that I know that I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life.
So we will be back, or I will be back next week with another episode. Um, please reach out to me if you have questions or topics you would like me to discuss. And most importantly, um, I wish everyone good health, and I encourage you to stay connected with the school and the community. As we have consistently been saying from the beginning, while our campus may be closed, school is definitely open. You've been listening to Remarks and Reflections, a podcast of Hillbrook School. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can also find the Remarks and Reflections blog post at hillbrook.us, another space where we are looking to connect with and engage members of our community in conversations important to our school, education, and parenting. And as always, you can find our school on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our website at hillbrook.org.